Now, let's talk sports with Kanoa Leahy on ESPN Honolulu. What's up, everybody? Welcome. Hope you enjoyed your 4th of July holiday. Hope you got all those hot dogs down and kept them down. That's right. Uh, it is another edition of Let's Talk Sports. Kanoa Leahy here in the Paxa Studios in Honolulu and my guest co-host for the day. It is a vintage BTS Wednesday. Billy Talk Sports talking about Billy Hall of the Honolulu Star Advertiser. What's up, my man? How you doing? I'm doing good, man. It's good to see you. It's good to see you, too. You're looking sharp. you got this uh, fantastic uh, golf shirt on, which is ironic because uh, we were intending on trying to play golf. And we were intending on trying to play golf, A, this afternoon, B, uh, when a bunch of us are going to be over on the island of Maui this weekend because uh, Jordan Helley and uh, his wonderful wife, Lauren, uh, they're doing a sort of second uh, reception of about a year after they initially got married because this one, uh, they kind of could finally schedule to get like more people to celebrate with them and so a bunch of us are going right a bunch of our friends in the media uh, and set up a, a golf date this weekend and it was gonna be <laughs> fantastic uh but billy hull uh, had to bow out not only today but also this Ugh. weekend what do you have to say for yourself it was a really i really wrestled with this now we're gonna go play can we say what course Yes. We're going to go play Wailea Blue. I've, Wailea I've, Blue. I've never played golf on Maui. Managed by our good buddy Jordan Helley's dad, Barry Helley. Yep, great force. Also a great announcer. Great force. I've been telling you, I've been in your ear for like a year. Let's go over there. Let's play. You know, this is all on me. By the way, I, had, uh, I have um, gift certificates. Free rounds. Four of them. So it's a free round of golf that I extended and offered to you. Well, I had forgotten that. So now that I know that, maybe you know. I've got a too couple late. of days here. Too late. Too late. Your I've spot already been replaced. Filled. Yes, yeah. but uh, my lovely wife is coming with us to this Aww. big thing. And so we're staying through Sunday. And she just wanted to hang out with me, man. She wanted to hang out with me Sunday on Maui. We don't get over there a long time, you know, maybe a little bit of pool time or whatever. And you know what? It was between do I go golfing with Kanoa? She kind of laid it on me pretty good. Like, for some reason, she wants to hang out with me, which is kind of a new thing or whatever. But uh, <laughs> So I had to make the decision. Do I golf? Do I, do I break the bro code or do I break the wife code? What do I do? And so ultimately, I decided to um, uh, make my wife happy. And uh, yes, I will not be there. And it's, uh, I've not gotten a lot of sleep over it. No. I've agonized about it way it's too fine. much. It's fine. You know what? That's a great uh, excuse. That's a great reason. And I hope you guys have a wonderful time on my way. I will see you at... Uh, <laughs> Uh, at the heli shindig uh, and i think you guys are gonna have a, a wonderful sunday i mean it's not like you're saying you can't go golfing on maui because you have to like fix your toilet or something <laughs> by the way what's the excuse for today uh yeah i got the plumber coming over to fix the <laughs> toilet but uh no and i'm just so glad you know what i love you so much as a friend it's a good thing that you like really understanding and you know i texted you i couldn't go and you did not return my text at all and i was up all night worrying about you know <laughs> yeah, and sure. so i'm glad you don't give me a hard time about it yeah either. that's no, what I, I like about you so much you did text me like the official like <laughs> I can't golf on Sunday yesterday, and I, I guess I didn't respond. I thought I did. You know, hashtag 4th of July kind things. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it just kind of got away from me. But, yeah. uh, no, it's it's great. Uh, look forward to a, a wonderful uh, weekend. Uh, you got all kinds of stuff going on, like home improvement, uh, little little kind of projects going on, right? Yeah, we got a couple. Yeah, everything's kind of breaking down a little bit. But uh, I guess that happens in the summer. So, uh, yeah, excited for Jordan's, uh, what is this, his third wedding, second, third <laughs> Something wedding? Like, like, what are oh, we doing? I mean, like, no, 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 first wedding. Oh, first yeah, marriage. Yeah. yeah. But just like his eighth uh, wedding reception or something like yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Suddenly, are they needing a couple uh, cooking appliances? <laughs> yeah, like, what's yeah. going on over there? You know, like. It's an annual registry. 
<laughs> yeah. that they're putting together. No, uh, but that'll that'll uh, be a lot of fun. So uh, it'll be good to go over there and see him. Good to go. Good to go see the island of Maui. Always my favorite. I don't make it over there enough. You guys, your hotels over there are a little pricey these days. Yeah, yeah. No, that's definitely just a Maui thing. <laughs> yeah, it kind. <laughs> hey, I've. I, I've been to the Big Island. They're doing all right for some reason. Maui, the places I used to go growing up, we'd go over there all the time to staycation. It's like a thousand bucks a night to it's go to these there. hotels now. It's, it's up insane. There. Yeah, it's up there. But thank God you've racked up enough uh, hotel points over your lifetime to be able to uh, get uh, VIP access uh, to some of these hotels and uh, properties. Uh, we got Billy Hull in the house. 808-296-1420 is the number to call. You can also text in at the Zephyr Insurance text line via that number. Uh, how was your 4th of July? Did you like, you know, 4th of July is funny to me because uh, it's one of those things where it's like you just pig out. You pig out on food that you otherwise would be like, eh, maybe I should. I shouldn't have a third brat, and I shouldn't have a second full ribeye steak, but it's 4th of July. And that's what our forefathers and, and founding fathers, uh, that's what they really envisioned for us. It's, it's just kind of a funny type of holiday from that standpoint. Did you grind some hot dogs? Did, did you grind some Nathan's uh, hot dogs? <laughs> I did the laundry is actually what I did. I got to be honest. This is something about the 4th of July that's always been this way. If it's like a weekend, if it's a Monday, if it's a Friday, if it's a part of a three-day weekend, I, we kind of go, we go big. But like when it's a Tuesday and like, you know, you work Monday and then it's just one day in between. Like we actually kind of got together Monday night because Tuesday nobody was working. It's just, it's always weird to me when it's like a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday and it's in the middle of the week. So no, we actually, I ended up getting, uh, I ordered out for some fried chicken at about 7.30 from the, uh, there's a good chicken place that call the market over there. So, uh, yeah, that's basically all I did. I did laundry and I ate some fried chicken at about 8.30. Yeah, no, that's pretty funny. Uh, you know, talking about, like, 4th of July and how much you eat, it's kind of like when you go to these, like, fundraising events and they're trying to, you know, sell you on, like, wine or some other things, like, as as, as auction items or those kinds of Like, I always think of that, too, especially when it's, like, a, a fundraising event for uh, a charity that contributes to, like, you know, the youth here in the, in the islands or something like that. Um, for instance, the Mariota Golf Tournament, uh, watch out for the name I just dropped, uh, which was last week. Uh, they have their, you know, the, the Motivate Foundation labeled wine. Uh, and it's just kind of funny. It's like, I don't often purchase four bottles of wine, yeah. but uh, it's for the kids. And that's, you know, that's going to benefit the kids if I, uh, you know, tank as much wine as I possibly can. But that's how the 4th of July kind of is a little bit to me. And, of course, it is a day of, um, uh, of gluttony when it comes to the annual Nathan's Famous Hot Dog Eating Contest. Joey Chestnut won it again. Was the 16th time that he's won this event? Uh, ESPN put up a graphic on SportsCenter uh, that was likening Joey Chestnut's achievements to the other great championship athletes in the history of sports. So it was like a graphic that had a picture of Joey Chestnut, his name at the top of the list with the number of championships won, 16, Nathan's famous hot dog eating championships. The next name on the line was Bill Russell, 11 <laughs> NBA championships. It like whittled all the way down, had like Tom Brady, seven Super Bowls, Tiger Woods, you know, all these majors. And um, what are we doing here? Uh, if, like, what are we doing as far as how we are addressing competitive eating? Billy Hall is competitive eating a sport. Oh, wow. It, uh, hitting me with this. Yeah, I think it's a sport. I definitely think it's a sport. It's not like your big bats where, yeah, it's a sport. But I was John Cena's 16 WWE world titles 
on this graphic. It was not. I it was believe. now we've got a problem. We've got a problem. If you're not going to include the great John Cena uh, and their Ric Flair, I think Ric Flair is a 16-time champion too. Uh, no, they're just having some fun. But yeah, competitive eating is a sport. Like I can't do what he does. Like I mean, it's crazy what he can do. How does you eat? How do you consume so much food? It's completely disgusting. By the way, I am not like. <laughs> a, let's just get to the real thing. I'm not into this at all. Like I find I, it completely I can't watch disgusting. It. I can't watch it. I can't, I can't watch, it. watch like the documentaries and the on the, how they do it and stuff. I, even if it's like other. There's so many weird things they eat. I can't even do it. I've never really been able to get into the hot dog eating contest. But yeah, it's a sport, right? Well, like so, ESPN also posted uh, 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 on Twitter, and it was a uh, uh, like back uh, side by side pictures. One was Joey <laughs> Chestnut with like a half eaten hot dog in his mouth. Okay, sort of like staring out at the crowd, sort of an intense look on his face. And then the other picture was LeBron. Remember that one game six when he was still with the Heat and they had to go into Boston and he had kind of like oh, that you know yeah. LeBron uh, mindset triggered and he kind of was giving that like glaring look. And the caption was same energy. And I know that this really tongue in cheek. Now here we go. Now <laughs> no, I get it. But I know it's tongue in cheek, and I get that. But I mean, it, it is it is kind of interesting uh, how how we talk about this stuff. I actually, maybe as, as a surprise to a lot of people, agree with you. Uh, I think if you were to break down the elements of what constitutes a sport, I agree with you that I think that competitive eating is a sport. When you talk about the training that you have to put your body through, the intense physical and mental challenges and obstacles within the competition that you have to overcome. I imagine when you're eating, you know, a bleep ton of hot dogs in 10 minutes, uh, there is a, a part of you, uh, much like, say, a combat fighter midway through the, the final round of a, of a match, where you're like, do I have anything left? Can I... <laughs> Put down one more wiener. You know what I mean? <laughs> like go five more minutes it, in the fifth round. It, it of the has some of that intense physical, mental challenges. Uh, you have prize money, right? That's yep. also that yep. you have. You have contests, competitions that have prize money that draw sponsorships. You have maybe not a total like one sort of unifying central organization, but you have major league eating. You have these organizations. So I think when you look at some of those accoutrements around competitive eating, you probably are forced to admit that, yes, it is a sport. Uh, is it a weird sport? It's a weird sport. Is Joey Chestnut uh, an athlete that should be compared and put on a list that includes Bill Russell and Tom Brady and some of the greatest winners of all time? Probably not, but I don't know. Where do you stand on that? I mean, obviously not. I think they were having some fun, but let's be honest. This is all about you saw the LeBron James uh, picture, and you were very upset that your <laughs> your man, your boy crush, LeBron, would. how dare they compare Joey Chestnut. I mean, come on. He dropped 45 Ex that game. Exactly. Now, I got to admit, too, that I did not do my hot dog eating research to prepare for the show. I apologize for that. I didn't quite know this is the way we were going to go. But um, wasn't there – there was like a storm, right? And it was delayed? Yes, yes. So lightning, lightning storm. And so it caused him to eat less than he normally would, right? So doesn't that kind of tell you exactly how much is going into it? Like, it must be like you prepare for this exact time, you have this exact regiment you go through in order to be able to put down that much food. Like, so there's like a whole kind of training thing that goes into this, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. I yeah. mean, the, when you look at him, you know, I think we have this 
um, impression that competitive eaters are going to be like these big bloated people, right? Yeah. But that's not the case. The greatest competitive eaters that we have seen are actually people that look like they're in pretty darn good shape because, yeah, they're sort of gifted with this ability to like expand their stomachs and they do have to go through the rigorous training of, of getting their body used to such an action. Um, but it's very gluttonous. I think it's it's probably not great for your body, right? Which is which is maybe an yeah. argument against the idea of it as a sport, as opposed to sort of these like physical tests of feat and skill and accomplishment. Um, you know, when, with regard to other sporting events and, and other forms of athleticism, uh, this doesn't really promote itself as being something that's like good for the body which might you know again be be an argument against it but the training is undeniable these these people have to absolutely go through rigorous training yeah exactly and so i'm i'm a little it's disgusting it, it is just <laughs> you know it's disgusting but in a way i'm a little surprised it hasn't caught on like more like i i know they have the other contests and stuff but you don't really see it as much but it just seems like in in this in good old usa that like competitive eating wouldn't become this like really i know hot that's thing. another you know part of I mean? it right that's another like, part it of it like caught on as much as you think it might if there is a a television somewhere <laughs> in like a, a corner of a third world country right and and there oh. are these people that are struggling to like find food uh and and full meals to, for their families on an everyday basis and then they watch fourth of july coverage somehow uh of of life in the united states and it's this guy just shoving hot dogs into his mouth um what kind of impression does that leave like what kind of message does that send to, to the rest of society it's 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 crazy this thing is is kind of crazy um but i digress because i think it is what it is if you had to compete in one uh competitive eating competition what would be the food that you think you would have the best chance of making a run at the title Oh my goodness! I like what can Billy Hull pack in? Perhaps uh, you know at, at least as best you can. You're not gonna beat Joey Chestnut. Come on, but what's the food that gives you the best chance? Well, the closest thing I can say I've ever done that would be sort of like this is a couple of years ago, me and a couple of my buddies. It was um, National Oyster Day, and so we went to Herringbone Waikiki because it was two dollar oysters on oh, National those are good Oyster too, Day, man. and we had. Between the the three of us, we had uh, six dozen. So we each ate two dozen oysters, which I was very impressed with. So I can suck down a few oysters. So I'm thinking <laughs> I'd go with oysters because two dozen two dozen ain't no joke. And you were feeling all right after and all uh, that. I just say it was a it was a journey going to the bathroom for like a week straight <laughs> after that. But uh, yeah, I've eaten two dozen oysters in a sitting once. That would be the closest I've come to anything. Oh, but yeah, okay. I might go oysters. Oysters, because a lot of people I think would get sick of it, and not a lot of people were like. I don't know oysters. I'm going oysters. Yeah. yeah. What would you do? I I, I have a um, well established and well documented weakness for French fries, um, and like oh. you know whether <laughs> it's I mean I, I can like mac French fries, and I don't know if that's something that would be included in a in an eating competition. Maybe it's not you know like a big enough food item or something like that. But um, yeah, if they were like put baskets of French fries in front of us. Um, I'm getting through at least five to, to seven of those uh, baskets of fries, I think, in a, in, a, in a competition sitting. That's pretty good. Thinking of our good buddy Sua, though, I got another one. Crunchy tacos from Taco Bell. Like, are you down in a 12-pack of uh, oh my crunchy tacos? No, I think uh, our, our buddy Sua, uh, he's our, our good friend Josh Sua, but yeah, uh, <laughs> wonderful guy. Um, and one, one time after we after we had a golf outing, uh, he, he you drove him home, right? I drove him home. And uh, he made you stop at Taco Bell. And what was the bill? 
What was uh, the Taco Bell bill? It was I between it was, the two of you. Between the two of us, it was forty eight dollars. <laughs> but he ordered four Mexican pizzas, four stuffed burritos, and four uh, Doritos tacos. Um, and to this day, it's the most amazing thing I've ever seen. And he was nice enough at the end when he got out of my car. He left like seven one dollar bills scattered on the dashboard of my car. Did he give you like a taco? Uh, he took it. I didn't eat a single thing. I actually had to go back to Taco Bell, so it was really weird when the, the drive thru guy saw me again. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, Suez would be Mexican pizzas. If you have any thoughts. <laughs> on what you think you could most compete with uh, when it comes to competitive eating. What would be the food item? I'm looking at Liz here in the room next door. Liz, uh, you've been listening. Uh, what uh, If you had to compete in a competitive eating competition, what food do you think gives yourself the best chance? She's thinking about it. She's turning the mic on. I think, she just, I think you just woke her up. I, she has not been listening at all. She's like, what are you guys talking about? Maybe like... <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> she thought of something. She's, what is yeah, it? She's, Say she's, it. Do it. Come on. It's kind of it's random. Do it. Well, do it. Mexican beans and rice. Mexican mm. beans and rice. What's I, what's the story behind that? I just love that. That's just, just your favorite it. food. So you're yeah, saying okay. I could just like eat it all day, every day, for every meal. Always. Really? Huh. I told you it was random. No, that's not I mean not <laughs> any more random than than, you know, uh Oysters. Billy Hull eating the rest but, of the oyster but, stock. But it's probably beans is probably the worst thing you could do in an eating contest. Well, let's just put it this way. Possibly. I wouldn't want to hang with you after that Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one though. All right. Okay, so I got the very unoriginal french fries. Billy has oysters. You have uh Mexican beans and rice. I've got a plumber coming over that I'm sure can help you out uh, if you ever try to do this. So, uh, just let me know if you need the number. <laughs> do you need the Connect, maybe connect yeah, yeah, those yeah, two. Seriously. <laughs> 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 We're off to a fantastic start here on uh, this edition of Let's Talk Sports. Kanoa Leahy, Billy Hall of the Honolulu Star Advertiser is in the house. Domino's Pizza of Hawaii is a sponsor of the show. And, of course, you can save up to 20% on your online order when you order via the uh, online website or the app. So Domino's Pizza of Hawaii, uh, we appreciate their support. We deliver aloha. All right, when we come back, uh, we'll get into some other stuff. Um, we'll get past the hot dogs, maybe. 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 I'm kind of hungry. We'll be back. What's up? Welcome back. Let's talk sports. Kanoa Leahy here in the PAXA studios in Honolulu. Billy Hall is my guest co-host for the day. It's a vintage BTS Wednesday. Billy Talk Sports. He, of course, of the Honolulu Star Advertiser. 808-296-1420 is the number. A couple of topics that are floating out there if you feel so inclined as to jump in on it. Uh, do you consider competitive eating a sport? We were talking about the Nathan's famous uh, hot dog eating contest won yet again by Joey Chestnut, uh, perhaps the greatest athlete in the history of uh, American sport, uh, at least according to the graphic that was put on, on SportsCenter last Last night, I know it's tongue in cheek, but it still was just kind of funny. It's still, it's still kind of odd. Um, no, I, mean, I don't. I'm not like hating on it, but you know, it begs the question: uh, How legitimate should we consider that uh, as far as uh, its its sportness? When I think we both agreed that you do have to call it a sport. It's just you know, kind of a of a gluttonous, disgusting sport. I think in many respects. Uh, and also, if you were to compete in a competitive eating contest, what would be the food of your choice? Which one would you think uh, gives you the best chance? Uh, got a funny text from. Uh, our buddy Lori Santi, who says, uh, please stop saying competitive eaters unless referring to UC Irvine because they're the ant eaters. Uh, Get it? I'm wah, thinking wah, she's wah. thinking it's not a sport, possibly. I don't know. Anyway, uh, that's the number you can uh, text in uh, via the Zephyr Insurance text line as well 808 296 1420. All right. Um, in uh, maybe another game, 
or, or competition that some people have argued uh, the merits of if it should be considered a sport is the sport of golf, right? Now, there are a lot of people that have suggested that golfers aren't, uh, you know, shouldn't be considered athletes in the same uh, breath as some of the other mainstream sports. I think uh, I would disagree with that. I think golf, particularly at the professional level, is very demanding, both physically and mentally. And we're seeing, I think, the evolution of that sport with uh, just how um, big and brawny these guys have become, whether it's Bryson DeChambeau or Brooks Kepka. I mean, uh, Tiger Woods kind of changed the trajectory of that game. Another person that has... I think been credited and, and certainly deserves to be pointed out and acknowledged as someone that changed the trajectory of how we perceive the game of golf is Michelle Wee. Now Michelle Wee West, who is taking one more stab at a major championship when she tees it up in the women's uh, U.S. Open. And this is going to be, she said it last year, her final event. She is going to effectively retire. Now, you know how it is in golf. Uh, sometimes these retirements are a little more open-ended. She's only 33 years of age. But if this is, in fact, the final event for Michelle Wee West um, when the U.S. Women's Open uh, finishes up at Pebble Beach, uh, what do you, Billy Hull, consider her legacy to be? Did she live up to maybe some of the uh, expectations, potential? How would you frame it? One of the most fascinating athletes that I've been a part of in 20 years in the newspaper covering, I think, um, it, it, it's crazy to me that we're already doing this with her, where this is going to be her final term. And I think she was effectively done. She hasn't been a full-time member of the tour now, I believe, in five years. But this year's U.S. Women's Open is at Pebble Beach. I think that's where she wanted to kind of go out. She obviously won the U.S. Women's Open, I think it was 2014. But I got to be honest, it, it's a little crazy to me to think that she's already going to kind of move on. And, and I, I, I'd be surprised if she comes back in any type of serious playing. I mean, she sounded pretty convinced, like, she's done. She wants to put the clubs away. It was kind of one of those things you always wondered just how much she was really into it. Um, obviously, her well-documented her career, um, starting very young, turned pro, I think, at 15. You know, she had that run when she was 13 years old. I think she was in the final group of the Kraft Nabisco Championship, but a major tournament at 13 years old. She was in the final group. Um of that and then she made the cut at the u.s women's open at 13 years old she had the couple years she played in the sony open when she was really young and was just this child prodigy I yeah mean, she was on the cover of sports illustrated she got hitting signed, bombs off the tee bombs signed with nike and then kind of did the i want to try to went kind of i want to try to play with the men's route and play in a couple of those tournaments you know didn't kind of do well obviously that was for a 15 16 year old to kind of try and go do that was tough and then she had i think she had some injuries that that were pretty much specifically because she was trying to hit those bombs to try to play with the men and stuff but yeah she wins five times in her career the one major we talked about but really i would say in like the top three most polarizing fascinating athletes from hawaii that, that i've covered because anytime you talked about her anytime we wrote a story at the star bulletin or the star advertiser about her it was comment after comment after comment you know is she doing this is she is she doing this right should she be trying to do this should she win more is she if is she not living up to her hype is she not doing enough um there was so much expectations of her and so um yeah you know at the end of the day She's 33 years old. She's had a kid. She has a daughter. She's very successful. She's made a ton of money. I'm sure that's perfectly okay. But it, it, And so for me, look, she kind of did it a different way. She didn't go out there and have, like, the career where you just, you know, for 20 years you busted and just kind of grinded it out and won all these tournaments and, and, and won all these trophies and did all the numbers and all that stuff. She kind of was 
took a completely different trajectory on her career, but is one of the biggest names in the history of the sport. She's obviously successful. She's done very well. So, um, yeah, it's, it's just, to me, almost a little bit surreal that she's already done, you know, at 33 years old. And we really, she kind of was done in her late 20s before the pandemic. She's only played a couple of times recently. So, it's uh, for me, it's kind of a big deal this week, the U.S. Women's Open, seeing her one last time, just because of what a name she was and what a polarizing figure yeah. she was when I first started out the newspaper. Yeah, no, you had detractors right at the onset oh, when she was first getting those sponsors' exemptions and playing in men's tournaments and, and just kind of making her name in that way, right? The attention that she received, uh, as you mentioned, she was a very polarizing figure as just a teenager. But you have to remember, um, I, I think it's, it's so weird how we talk about these things, right? Because we're the ones, right? The sports pundits, uh, the mass public, we're the ones that like build these youngsters up to be these like phenoms. And she was phenomenal, a phenomenal uh, talent, a, a prodigious talent without a doubt. Um, and we do this thing where we like build them up. It's like, oh, she's gonna, she's on a trajectory to be the greatest of all time. And if that person falls short, then it's like, oh, she, uh, she failed. She, yeah. she disappointed. And imagine... Imagine being that teenager, right? And not just any teenager, a teenage girl having to go through the awkwardness of growing up at that phase of your life and having the entire world breathing down your neck and watching your every move. Now, uh, she and her family, they invited a lot of that attention. That was intentional yes. uh, because they wanted to get her name out there and they wanted her to sign a, a huge uh, endorsement deal when she turned pro at 15, which she ended up doing, a $10 million deal with Nike. And so they invited a lot of that attention. And I, I, I don't want to suggest that she is uh, a victim uh, in any way, shape, or form because that is something that the family agreed was going to be their approach. I think what we have to remind ourselves, though, when talking about this is just how awkward a phase and a time in life that is for any teenager, let alone a teenage girl who is then thrust in front uh, of, of the public, center stage, under the spotlight, uh, and having to go through the changes that she's going through, having to deal with the criticisms that she's receiving, the darts and arrows that are being thrown at her. That's a difficult, difficult thing. And so for her to, at 33 years of age, now be able to establish some form of perspective and look back and say, all right, here are the things that I did do. I drew a whole lot of eyeballs on the game of golf. I possibly contributed to the explosion of the game, which I think uh, you can definitely uh, track back to Tiger Woods and his success. But what we saw in the boom of junior golf in the wake of Michelle Wee's accomplishment and still see the effects of that to this day, I think she can take a huge piece of credit for that. She made millions upon millions of dollars for herself as a teenager, set herself up for life, set herself up uh, for the next generation of her family. Uh, I don't think you can begrudge her for anything. Maybe the golf resume didn't quite live up to what a lot of people were projecting onto her. But again, that's kind of like what we were doing. That's sort of what we were just figuring, well, you know, she's getting all this attention as a teenager. That means by the time she's 30, she's going to be Annika Sorenstam. And that's not always the case. In fact, that's very rarely the case. So when you talk about Michelle Wee West, uh, I think that there is a lot of nuance that has to be applied to her impact on the game of golf and her impact overall as an athlete. 
Yeah, I agree 100%. I think you just look at the fact, especially these last five or six years where, like I know you talked about the people say they retire and they always come back. This is one of those where I think she's done. I, I really, everything she said, you know, I've actually wondered for a long time, you know, just how much is she into the game of golf? Does she want to be out there every day practicing and stuff? I think she said at the press conference yesterday that she was doing some putting drills for this and she's like, I'm never going to do this again since I'm not going to be playing. And she like sounded like she couldn't be happier about it, you know what I mean? And so I just don't know... Um, that golf was always the thing that she wanted to be doing and stuff, especially for the fact that, you know, 2018 was her last full-time year on tour. She was only 28 years old. She was still in her 20s when she basically said, I'm pretty much done with this. And so, you know, at the end of the day, I think for her, winning that major, the U.S. Women's Open in 2014 was huge. Um, but ultimately, it just kind of comes down to the fact that she was this child prodigy, and and they, I think, made the conscious choice that, you know, she could have gone slowly into it. She could have kept kind of dominating the the junior golf and stuff like that and started to play some women's tours. But you got to remember, they went straight to trying to play with the men. You know, she had, I think it was 2006, I want to say, where she played in, I think, multiple men's events. And that's where she kind of had to withdraw. And then she had that, like, injury where they weren't really talking about, like, mm -hmm. just how serious this injury was. And it turned out she had, like, multiple broken bones in her wrists. And people were saying she was taking all these painkillers and playing and stuff. And so they, look, they went, they went completely for it and I think they probably in a way shortened her career because those injuries have stayed with her the entire time her wrists have bothered her um and so it's never quite worked out to her being the dominant uh ladies uh golfer I'm not sure she ever made it to number one in the world in the world rankings um she's only won five times on the tour but at the end of the day like I don't think I know she certainly does and I don't think she necessarily cares that 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 she didn't have what your your standard typical sports fan would want in terms of the career of an athlete. She she went for it big when she was young. She she got the major she needed to do, and and now she's out of it at thirty three. And got a Stanford family. education out of it. Oh, as well. oh yeah. Oh by the way, by yeah, the way. Stanford yeah. education exactly. So um, look, I think she's just always remembered as someone who just kind of went for it big when she was young and did it her way and and got her money, got her fame, got her popularity, and now she gets to enjoy. The rest of her life at a very young age so you know kudos to her yeah you know I, th I think there are a lot of athletes that that get that that get that early attention and there are a lot of athletes frankly that get that early uh, attention as a teenager as sort of this phenom the the next big thing uh and then they just completely phase out i don't think you can say that she fizzled out i think she still accomplished uh, a significant amount on the golf course it wasn't sort of the same thing of like wow she just ran into a wall it was an abject failure no i don't think that's how you can uh, summarize the career uh, of Michelle Wee West, and, and you got to give uh, you know more power to her because now it sounds as though she is taking full agency of her life, her family's life, uh, what she wants to do. Which you know that's going to be another elephant in the room topic uh, topic perhaps when talking about Michelle. Uh, you know, which you wonder if she always had right. You know, when when you're a teenager and you know you have uh, you know a family parents that are uh, trying to uh, uh, get you to achieve at a certain level. You know, you just wonder right, how much age agency did she have in that process it at least seems now at 33 years of age that she is in total control yeah and and that's kind of the good thing for me to say because she was she was always very careful with the media she never quite you know when, when you're from hawaii most of the the athletes from here really kind of open up to the local media and stuff especially early on and stuff but there was always kind of this weird kind of wall that was kind of put up and it was always it was always just a little weird and stuff. And there were a lot of times where I was just like, man, I hope I hope this person's happy. I hope this person is enjoying it. And I got the impression sometimes that the, maybe this isn't what she really wanted to be doing. But obviously, you get the endorsement thing. Yeah, this happened. You got to kind of go through with all this. And so I always kind of just felt this. I hope she's just okay. You know, I hope she's doing all right. I hope she's happy and stuff like that. And so you can tell now 
married, having a daughter and stuff, that she's at least she's comfortable in front of the, the microphone now a lot more than she was before. And it's just um, it, it's obviously a different kind of career. But um, I don't think you can say it's a failure. I think, you know, she won. She won a major. She did it her way. And she's a name that will always be synonymous with women's golf. All right. Well, uh, that's a very cool uh, way to, to cap that. We will mention Michelle again in the next segment, though, uh, just FYI, because we're going to do a little thing we call smart money. But first, a reminder, beat the heat with Fujitsu Air Conditioning Systems. Fujitsu includes a special trifecta warranty that will have you saying, I love my Fujitsu. Billy Hall's in the house. We'll be back. What's up? Welcome back. Let's talk sports. Kanoa here in the PAXA studios in Honolulu. Billy Hall is my special guest co-host for the day. We mopped so many hot dogs during the commercial break. We are we are good to go. 808-296-1420. I'm just getting started. You, you might be good to go. I'm, pre- I'm preparing for this. Now that I know it's a sport, <laughs> some prize money. Get me some, uh, get me some fries. All right, so uh, I was kind of <laughs> looking this up before we get to uh, our, uh, our game that we want to play called uh, Smart Money. Uh, I was looking this up. This is kind of funny. Um... Some of the strangest or maybe, I don't know if you want to use the word impressive, uh, competitive eating records. Uh, The most chicken nuggets eaten in one minute. A competitive eater from the UK uh, claimed this record devoured 19 chicken nuggets in 60 seconds. That doesn't seem like a whole lot. Also holds the record for most chicken nuggets eaten in three minutes with 1.7 pounds. I feel like I got a shot. I feel like you got a shot at that. Uh, fastest time. Yeah, yeah. I think these are ones that are, 19 might be. In a, I guess it's a minute. I was actually thinking it was going to be like 35 Like how big are the nuggets? Are they like, like the, chicken fingers? Are they like McNuggets? I don't know. I think I've mopped at least like a 10-piece chicken McNuggets from McDonald's in a couple of minutes. Yeah, oh. I guess a minute is pretty fast. And based on uh, the way you talk about this past NBA finals, we know you're a huge Nuggets guy. Um, <laughs> so, okay, wow, here, how about wow, this one? Wow. Fastest time to eat a head of lettuce. Uh, vegan, oh. vegan speed eater. Uh, probably not a lot of contests available for the vegan uh, competitive eaters, but Mike Jack of Canada uh, has broken several plant-based food records. I feel like, you know, uh, pun fully intended, that's a lot of low-hanging fruit. You know what I mean? Uh, but fastest time to eat a head of lettuce, he needed a mere minute and 31 seconds to eat a head of lettuce. That's not bad. I'm, I'm not. I'm, I'm out on the vegetarian. You feel uh, like you can get uh, that yeah. one? Let's no. I, I I'm keeping it to fries, burgers. How about a uh, most mayonnaise eaten in three oh. minutes? <laughs> oh. oh wow! What a visceral response we just got oh. from Billy Hall in 2018. American competitive eater Michelle no. Lesko no. consumed the record-breaking 2,448 grams of mayonnaise in three minutes. Oh. That's equivalent to about three and a half jars. Oh, oh my God! I'm gonna get sick. <laughs> That is disgusting. <laughs> so just she was just spoonfuls. She was just spoonfuling mayo. Yeah, Ugh. maybe like a thick straw. I don't know. Oh. I'm not sure how that would how that would go. Um, oh, this is an interesting one. Most M and M's eaten in one minute blindfolded using chopsticks. <laughs> 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 Me, it'd be like three. Avery Chin of Malaysia broke a record when he consumed 25 M- M&M candies blindfolded using chopsticks in 60 seconds back in 2022. Could so. I do one? 
Those are tough. That, I mean, that's a tough competition. That's Slip kind out. of the competitive eating yeah, competition is, I want to yeah, see. I think so. You know what I mean? We might have to set something up in here next yeah, show. Yeah, it's like you got to eat 12 or else, you know, you get like an electric shock or something like that. Like put some steaks on that, not the eating kind steaks. Does the mayo thing just not completely gross you out? Like you seem perfectly okay with it. I can't imagine someone just taking spoonfuls of mayo and yeah, that, I mean, it's, shoving it's, it's it in gross. their mouth. It that just is disgusting. It didn't make me feel like like running out of the well, studio. Like apparently it's it, exactly it, what I thought about doing. That's gross. <laughs> Uh, Joey Chestnut's record, by the way, he had 62, I think, he ate uh, yesterday, right? Like you said, it was a little bit down. Uh, I think I want to say his uh, record is 76 in 10 that's minutes. Wild. That's that's pretty crazy. Uh, that's all wild. right. Um, oh, last one. Fastest time to drink 250 milliliters of milk through a straw. Uh, Andre Ortolf drank 250 milliliters of milk through a straw in just 4.8 seconds. Um, that's that's pretty well. All I'd right, li- I'd like to go drinking with that guy. <laughs> <laughs> that's a guy to put your smart yeah. money on. Segway, smart money is uh, the game we're going to play here. I'm going to throw a little something out there, and uh, you say where you would put the smart money on oh. this Billy Hall. I know right. you're a bit of a Vegas uh, gambling type guy. You have that. You got that uh, <laughs> that that streak in you. All right, here's the first one. Michelle Wee West. We were just talking about it. We'll be teeing it up in the U.S. Women's Open here this week uh, at Pebble Beach. Michelle Wee West makes the cut. Where's the smart money? Got to go no cut on this one. You know, great career. We just talked about it. She's done. She's she's ready. She's moved on. She's a mom. She's, this is kind of just a fun little, I think, last chance to soak it all in. I'd be surprised if she played good golf, but you never know. You never know. And that's kind of the crazy thing about golf, right, is you can just get that one magical uh, day or two magical rounds. Top 60, I believe, and ties make the cut here for uh, this week's tournament. I, I, I got to roll with you. I just think it's, it's like competitive eating. If you're not training and you're not going through the rigors of that process, uh, it's hard to play well under those conditions, those kinds of courses but that's also a little bit of a dare we say kind of home course for her at this stage so the the course knowledge will be there Uh, I will go with also uh, not making a cut just because it just seems unlikely but if she does what a fantastic story that will be yeah and you never know I mean it's two rounds back to back which could four obviously is a lot tougher in terms of uh, uh, contending on Sunday but you're right I mean maybe you know this is carefree this is stress free she's soaking it in maybe it's just the right kind of uh, uh, mindset to go through in order for her to kind of do something so who knows I mean I, I definitely go with you i don't think she makes the cut but man boy if she comes out day one and starts doing something if she's like a couple under to start the round could be really fun to watch well tv coverage will be all <laughs> over that that'll be fantastic we're rooting for that for yeah. sure all right uh, smart money shohei otani happy birthday to shohei he turns 29 today uh does he break aaron judge's 2022 home run total of 62 i'm not referring to it as a home run record because we know it's not a record but aaron judge did hit 62 last year and uh shohei otani got to 31 home runs this season in i i think one fewer game than aaron judge so uh, the projection is that he has a shot here uh where's your smart money I hear this Shohei guy is good at baseball. He's not bad. A lot bad. of my friends seem to really uh, like him. Uh, like maybe the best ever. <laughs> great question. Uh, uh, I think the smart money is he comes up just short. I think uh, that's, you know, 62 is a lot of home runs. He's obviously hitting bombs. He's also out there pitching, doing like leads the, doesn't he lead the Angels in like every category, pitching and hitting, which is ridiculous. <laughs> but crazy. I mean, 62 is 62. It's tough. Trout just went down um, uh, with an injury, which could, you know, make him a, a, 
able to like pitch around them a little bit more. That could kind of play into it. They're kind of tailing off. The Mariners are starting to make a run here, maybe passing them in the standings soon. Uh, are they going to be in contention come you know September? We'll see. So I'm going to go slightly under on Shohei's home runs, and I hope all my friends don't hate me because seriously, every single person I know loves that guy. I can't believe you hate Shohei Otani. <laughs> no, I, I, I know. I'm kidding. It's I, I actually agree with you uh, because there's a little nuance here because while he was faster to 31, right, the midway mark to 62 than Aaron Judge, what's left out is Aaron Judge actually after he reached uh, 31 uh, home runs, which I think was in his 89th game of the season. Shohei did it in 88, something like that. Um Aaron Judge went crazy. He like went he went, nuts. he went yeah. nuts, and so uh, you know he that part of it is something that will remain to be seen. Can Shohei do that? Absolutely. He had arguably the greatest June in the history of baseball. When not only you look at his like OPS as a hitter, which was one point four four four, that's just in, incredible, hitting oh fifteen goodness. home runs in the month. But then you throw in like what he did as a pitcher. That's always like the X factor there. Uh, he's definitely capable of it, but I'm going to say he gonna, he's going to come up just a little bit short because. Uh, that's the nuance of what is Aaron Judge went nuts after he got midway there, uh, and we'll see how uh, Shohei does it. So I'm, I'm with you here so far. Uh, our smart money is in agreement. What about this next one? Damian Lillard does, in fact, eventually wind up in Miami. Where is your smart money? Ooh, this is a good one. I, I mean, it comes down to just how much uh, power does the player have, I think, in this situation – he wants to go to Miami if he goes anywhere, but I think it's worse for the team because I think Portland can clearly get more assets, better assets from other teams. Do they give the guy that's been the face of their franchise a little bit of a favor, or is it is it a business? I'm going to go the smart money as he is not with the Miami Heat. I think um, I think at the end of the day, the teams, you know, they got to do what they got to do. What's best for the team, and if I think there's better offers out there, they're going to get more from other places. As as much as he's done for you, and, and he's done a lot for you, um, you got to do what's best for your organization. So I'm going to say no. Yeah, I, I think from a uh, asset standpoint, there are definitely other teams that can offer better. I mean, uh, namely the Philadelphia 76ers. I mean, you pair Dame Lillard with Joel Embiid, and now you're talking about something that's uh, you know pretty interesting and pretty cool. And I think Tyrese Maxey, along with some of the draft capital that the Sixers have to offer. Daryl Morey, who's certainly thinking along these lines. Uh, I think that that would be a much better trade for Portland. But what tends to happen in the NBA is if a great player desires something, that more often than not ends up occurring. And it does sound like Damian Lillard is hell-bent on getting to Miami, although Ramona Shelburne has said that he has a great amount of respect for the San Antonio Spurs, <laughs> whatever that means. Uh, but it does sound like he wants to go to the Heat, and great players in the NBA tend to somehow eventually get what they want. He does have a no-trade clause, so you know a team can make a deal for him, but you know that's the part of this where great players uh, and players that have that kind of, of influence tend to get what they want is because do you take the chance of giving up so much in terms of draft capital and assets if you're a team that you uh, can't be confident of Damian Lillard wants to play for for an extended period of time? That's sort of where you run into that problem. Yeah, well, you know me. I love Dame Lillard. I love, love, love his game. And so I actually opened the ESPN.com has the uh, uh, tr trade machine where it has the contract info of everyone. You can go in there and make trades. I've been trying really hard to get him to Oklahoma City because the idea of, like, Lillard with SGA and you've got, like, Holmgren and the two Jalen Williamses and Josh Gideon, they've got a million picks to, like, make it sweet for Portland. Do you think that works? Because it's not a Sam Preston move. It won't happen. They don't work that way. 
But man, if you could give up those picks and add a Dame Lillard to that team with Chet coming in, like I, I keep thinking about like how awesome that would be. Oh, I that think would it would be, work perfect. That would be pretty cool. Uh, a lot of ball dominance though in that backcourt with uh, Shea Gilgis Alexander and and Dame Lillard. I kind of like uh, maybe Lillard going to San Antonio, <laughs> pairing up with the next <laughs> big are. thing, Victor Wembanyama. <laughs> oh, do you man. think I'm a little biased in my view? Yeah. Certainly. But I do say the smart money is on Damian Lillard winding up in Miami, oh. and if Miami can keep Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo in a deal Oof. like that and add Dame Lillard. Look out! That's pretty. Uh, that's what pretty would they give up? Formidable. So it'd be like hero. It would probably and, be like a ugh. multiple team thing, like a three team thing, where Tyler Hero goes somewhere, maybe to Portland, but you get another team involved that's willing to maybe, uh, you know, take like a, um, you know, maybe like a Ben Simmons type of entity or contract and kind of move that stuff around. So I, I would think it, it might uh, come to fruition in that way. I know we might be having some time, but real quick, do you think it benefits teams? Do you think they get any like if Portland does this deed, good deed for Lillard? Do other players look at Portland as like, oh, a place I'd like, or does it even matter? Like, do they get any, if they do something nice for Dame, like, do they get anything in return? I, I don't necessarily think so, because what's the next thing that any player is going to look at? They'll be like, what did they do for him while he was there? Yeah. You yeah, know what I mean? I, I just don't see why Portland would do that. I, I mean, you know, thankful, like, they, they're completely thankful. You don't have to completely, these players got so much power these days, you know, that if he pulls this off and gets them to send him where, where he wants to go and they get less... Man, boy, the players. Boy, they got it all. Well, you don't want to lose them for nothing. So yeah. if he wants out, you got to try to get something in return, and he can still get them a, a pretty significant scoop. All right, we're going to uh, take a break. Uh, we will come back with our best and worst. But first, stay cool this summer. Get the new Bosch Inverter Central Air Conditioning System that qualifies for up to a $1,000 Hawaii Energy rebate. Ask your contractor for the Bosch Inverter. Best and worst when we come back. What's up? Welcome back. Let's talk sports. Kanoa Leahy, along with my man Billy Hull here in the Paxa Studios in Honolulu. It's time to get to our best and worst. That's our home stretch. That's our last segment traditionally. Billy, what's your best here for the day? My best, happy 38th birthday to Megan Rapino, hey. the oldest member of this year's World Cup team, which the Women's World Cup begins in two weeks. The United States are uh, going to go and try to win that again. But yeah, Megan Rapino, 38 years old. She's a two-time Olympic medalist, two-time World Cup champion. She was the Golden ball winner, I think is what it's called. The most goals and best player in the World Cup um, was that four years ago. Happy birthday to her. Just unfortunate that we'll probably never get to see the U.S. women's soccer team play in Hawaii again since when they came here to train. Uh, I think it was probably six, seven years ago now. She uh, tore her ACL at Chingfield. That was very unfortunate. Yeah, that is not, unfortunate. not the greatest look for us. <laughs> wow, that a way to end your best on a negative note. Uh, my best is Akira Jacobs, uh, University of Hawaii commit, uh, who is uh, going to fit in pretty well, I think, in terms of uh, what Aran Ganat likes to employ. He likes guys that can fill in that wing position, that can be versatile. He's 6'8". He's a lefty uh, from Japan and had a great uh, FIBA U19 World Cup tournament uh, for Team Japan. Uh, finished averaging 17.6 rebounds, uh, an assist and a steal per game. Jacobs was uh, also pretty efficient. Shot 48% from the field, 42% uh, from three-point range at six attempts per game. So uh, that's a good one that seems to be coming to the Hawaii program. We'll see how he fits in in, in terms of the minutes, Dole, out here this upcoming season. 
Yeah, good get. Building some stuff. And they're going to Japan here uh, in the offseason for their uh, team trip. So perfect timing for Akira. What's your worst? Uh, my worst, Mike Trout injured again. I uh, fractured his wrist. He's going to be out for a while, unfortunate. But this is a continuing theme uh, with him. And I'm just curious now with the Angels, what's – What's Mike Trout thinking? He used to be the face of that franchise. He was the guy. It's Shohei Mania is just taking over. Now he's hurt again. He's kind of taking a backseat. They're not winning. Is Mike Trout okay? Is he happy where he is? Or could there be a new team in his future, do you think? Yeah, I don't know, man. Uh, that's tough. Like, do you think he wants Shohei to leave? <laughs> like, get out of here already. Um, yeah, it's it's crazy. We used to talk about him being the best of all time, and, oh. and now his teammate is clearly uh, the better player. All right, uh, my worst is this whole San Diego State Mountain West Conference debacle. Uh, I think it was summed up perfectly on a, a tweet that was posted using the scene from <laughs> Seinfeld with George Costanza quitting his job uh, and then showing up at the next business day pretending like nothing happened and that's kind of what San Diego State did they're like we're out of here Mountain West Conference uh, and then they realize they don't have a formal invitation because there's still no TV deal in the Pac-12 uh, waiting for them and so they come uh, calling and saying just kidding we're still with you guys and uh, Gloria Navarez the uh, new commissioner for the Mountain West isn't messing around she's like no you guys are not in the conference we'll let our board of directors figure that out when they meet later this month San Diego State stepping in it man stepping in it that's it for us Billy Hull thanks bro uh, have a good time time fixing your toilet. We'll see you tomorrow, everybody.